0: The voice of truth Tells me a different story The voice of truth Says do not
1: Welcome to the Voice of Truth Radio Show. I'm your host, State Senator Mike Kazinger, accompanied by my co-host, Pastor Brian Leversee. the only show in America where you will experience the fusion of church and state. So on the Voice of Truth Radio Show today, and as we do every week, we'll be engaging in vigorous, robust discussion on culture, history, current events from a biblical perspective, Thursdays at 5, Saturdays at 3 o'clock, that's when we're on, folks, Voice of Truth radio show, Thursdays at 5, Saturdays at 3, so if you're listening right now, we're recording on Wednesday, but if you're listening, it's uh, somewhere, Uh, so it's uh, Thursday at 5, Saturday at 3, and we podcast at Voice of Truth with Mike Azinger, so uh, download that podcast, share it, and... uh,
0: How you doing, Pastor Leprosy? I am doing fantastic. All right. Thanks for asking.
1: Yeah, 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 no problem. uh, I feel like you care
0: about me this morning. (laughs) It's all warm feels. Uh,
1: Don't go that far. I think that's a little excessive. (laughs) Um, So, man, so much going on. So much going on with this uh, uh, Afghanistan thing. Um, We were doing a little show. We always do a little show prep right before before we go on the air. And uh, I meant to mention this. I don't know if you saw the picture of... Of uh Biden inviting I think it was the soccer team, the women's soccer team, oh, the, the kneelers.
0: Right. They right. should be called the right. So he's
1: uh right. he's takes a picture of them and he's standing in front of them kneeling.
0: So it was posed. It was like a Yeah, it was a posed a picture that with, was
1: with the president wow, of the I United States kneeling. Wow. Lord Lord help us. Um so contrast that with <laughs> Our former president, who I believe uh, personally is our still our president, but that's me. Trump, who's uh, at his rally in Alabama. And uh, so this is a family show. We, we, uh, we broadcast in the bowels of Fellowship Baptist Church. Right. Where you pastor. Absolutely. So we're not going to use the words that Trump used in his rally. Um, but he said everything that woke touches turns to blank. Uh, the crowd went insane mm-hmm. they went ah, because not because he's teaching it, it, this is the, the thing that frustrates me about Trump and you know I, me I love him uh, but he, he he's taught he teaches our our kids to cuss he needs right. to cut that stuff out right however who in America at that level with that capacity to reach America who says that yeah. Nobody. Yeah. Trump said about woke, which is communism, that whatever it touches, it ruins. Right. crowd went nuts. And he just played off that. We were talking about this before we came on. He played out of the crowd, and he just turned around. Instead of kept keeping talking, he just he's a master at this. He's become even better. Uh, he just turned around and just started uh, looking at the crowd behind him, talking to him, and, uh, and just— Build that crescendo of, mm. of power uh, from the audience. Just, just, just they went insane because, because they were waiting for somebody to say something.
0: Yeah, yeah, and I think it highlights the tension that exists in a culture that's so full of confusion today. I think people are tired, in many ways, uh, of being told that, um, being told that right is wrong and wrong is right. There, there's something in the core of every human being, and, and the Bible even speaks to this. We all have a conscience that God has impressed upon every human being. Yeah. It is it is the image of God, and it's a conscience, and that conscience bears witness with with the creation of nature, that conscience bears witness with the moral laws that God established in his creation, and that conscience is, is kind of that pricking point that the Holy Spirit appeals to when the Word of God is preached. It, mm-hmm. It's where that receptivity for conviction can come into place. And so in that conscience that every man has, you can't just come against it over and over and over again. Either one of two things is going to happen, that that there's this tension that needs to be released, or they're going to completely have their conscience seared is what the Bible says. And I think that's happening right before our eyes in our culture. We see people where their conscience is becoming seared, and they're buying into the lies, and they're saying— you know, men can be women, boys can be mm-hmm. girls, girls can be boys. There's no distinction in the sexes. Um, and, and their conscience is being seared about all these various different lies, and, and they're becoming, I guess the term is woke. And then you have these group of people where their conscience is still intact, and they're wrestling with all this confusion in our world, and, and anyone who will come along and just say the truth, just say, no, what you see before your eyes is reality, the creation is reality. Boys are boys. Girls are girls. Men are men. Women are yeah. women. And and we'll just say the truth. It releases that tension, and people are like, "That's what Boom. we need to That's hear." That's right. That's yeah.
1: right. Uh, the, it's 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 just the the power of what you said. Saying the king has no clothes. Yeah. And uh, uh, re, the the reality of the world. Uh, the, I think Ecclesiastes says that. God puts the world in our hearts or mm-hmm. eternity or truth mm-hmm. in our hearts, and we're made in the image of God. And and when we hear someone say the truth, like you said, and have that courage just to say it, mm-hmm. just to say it, the power of that is is just uh, it's, it's beyond mm-hmm. calculation. Now, I want to
0: make a delineation of that, too, because you alluded to it. And we want to make sure that as believers— that we aren't appealing to fleshly anger. We want to appeal to a heart that's seeking after truth. And the one thing that we can run afoul in is if we're just working people up, but we're not bringing them to the truth, like to the truth of what God has established and what he wants to do, then, you know, you can, you can end up with tyrants on either side of of right. issues
1: right but 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 there is a righteous ag- there anger is. right there is a be righteous angry anger. And, and sin not and i think that but don't, know, don't are, sin you know right exactly but i think part of our emasculated culture is that we we, we tell boys and men uh don't anger is sin mm-hmm. don't be upset uh, anger, we should be upset about things but anger, some,
0: anger doesn't have to mean profanity though like like we were saying
1: no right but anger, uh, but righteous anger is a tool that God uses. Absolutely, I mean, look in the Old Testament, Absolutely. especially, and uh, you know the, the, the common, the common uh, uh, metaphor or story that uh, folks always return to about Jesus is the turning of the tables in the temple. Right. I think that's the only one. But if you listen to Jesus's preaching throughout Scripture, he's very firm. Yeah. I mean, everyone thinks, oh, he's all lovey dovey, and he is. Yeah. But he's very
0: firm. Absolutely. What balance do we see? I mean, you tell me what was the most manly act that jesus did was it the flipping over the tables yes was it the weeping in the garden yes Hmm. right well right right i mean there's balance uh, there i think the
1: most manly thing he did was dying on the cross absolutely um
0: right absolutely i mean
1: my goodness yeah my little boy um, who's who went away to the army when he got saved he was five or six years old and he was sitting on my lap, and he brought it up. I, I never forced it on my kids. I let them, uh, and, and, and they always did, three of them. Um, so here, uh, anyway, he was sitting on my lap. He's just still a little boy, but he understood the gospel suddenly. And we were at home, and and so I led him to, I led him to Christ, hmm. and he put his head into my chest and just began weeping. Oh, that's awesome. So I asked him uh, about a year ago, we were talking about it because you know I want to remind him, and uh, he was—he's 18 now. He's in the army, uh, like I said. But he's—I uh, said, what made what made you weep like that? And he said, I just couldn't believe that somebody would die for my sins. Wow! And you see how sensitive a little boy is, you know, it's how sensitive he he was to just what Jesus did for him mm-hmm. on the cross. Um, so let's let's uh, let's set up the show a little bit here, uh, Pastor. So we're gonna. I just want to bring up a few things going on in the culture here. in The first segment, second segment, th- we're going to talk about Tim Tebow because he just got got cut by uh, I heard <laughs> Urban Meyer cut him, who coached coached <laughs> him in Florida, and uh, the heartbreaker for many of us. But uh, but there's a great story about when hmm. Tebow played for Denver the Denver Broncos about John three sixteen which some folks may remember, it's phenomenal. Yeah. I mean, it is like it's like God reached down and said, Eli, Eli, son, or uh, what was he wrote? Uh, Thou art weighed in the balance and found wanting oh, yeah. uh, to the whole world that, that was uh, mocking Tebow. Uh, so we'll do that in the second segment. Third segment, we're going to talk about victimology. Hmm. Victimology and how it's created a drug culture hmm. and victimology in terms of how it's created... Uh, Woke culture, yeah. also, and then uh oh, we got a uh, uh, we got folks. Don't don't turn the channel before we do our etiquette segment. Yeah,
0: we got new material
1: because I have found we have well, I found because uh, I'm in, I'm in charge of the eti- etiquette segment, right? You are <laughs>
0: because you're so refined. <laughs> <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. uh, so I, I uh, I'm going to take it from the my autobiography. It's called the Art of Man- Manliness. <laughs>
0: I knew that was about you
1: <laughs> you know politicians everything's got to be about us it's just it's just a, it's just a knee-jerk. Way. so this this couple named Brett and Kate McKay they're an older couple they they wrote this book called the art of manliness and we're going to take we're going to just take some uh some of their it's a great little book mm-hmm. on how, boys don't know how to be men I, t- I was telling you about this um man that does uh youtube's I forget where I saw him, but he just – he does a YouTube on teaching boys how to be men.
0: Yeah, tying a knot.
1: Tying, a, uh, tying your yep. tie, how to yep. tie a tie, how to, you know, do whatever, uh, 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 lawn you know, lawnmower or a weed eater. I still don't know how to do a weed eater. <laughs> I buy a new weed eater about every year because I have no idea. Oh, yeah. I'm a – I run over with maybe my Maybe it's coat. not maybe it's not the weed eater then.
0: <laughs> you think <laughs> that
1: hurt. So stay tuned for segment four. Don't don't turn the channel when we're on, folks. We love you and we want to get you the best inform. This is the fusion of church and state. You got a yeah. pastor perspective and a political perspective, and mainly from the biblical perspective. That's so funny. here's here is what's going on in the culture. Hobby lobby find two hundred and twenty thousand dollars listen pastor for requiring transgender women to use unisex restroom. Now, Hobby Lobby is a Christian organization. The Bible of the Museum, that's Hobby Lobby. Hobby Lobby funded that in D.C. This is a Christian organization, uh, more so than even Chick-fil-A, who's waning in my opinion. But Hobby Lobby, they're pretty firm and they're strong. This is a Hobby Lobby in Illinois that has these Marxist little rules like... uh, uh, you can't do that. You can't require mm-hmm. you can't require a transgender woman who's a man to use a man's be- uh, bathroom. Right. He wants to use a woman's bathroom because he's a pervert. So uh, uh, Hobby Lobby said, nope, we'll even." I, I think it's an employee up there. Mm-hmm. We'll even we'll even build a unisex bathroom, a bathroom where every, either either sex mm-hmm. can go to. No, nope. he takes takes him to court. And Hobby Lobby gets fined $220,000 wow. for, uh, for demanding that uh, one of its employees uh, face reality wow. <laughs> of, of so, how so he was born So Let me get this
0: straight. Uh, Hobby, Lob- Hobby Lobby hired this person, yeah, uh, gave them employment, uh, providing for them, which, by the way, I feel we should do for every person that, um, you know, is looking for a job and wants to work and they should be able to find employment and do these things. And they're going out of their way to make sure that there's accommodation for all of their employees to feel comfortable in their restrooms, which I think should just be a privilege we could all enjoy to be able to know what restroom to go into. And this is the epitome of pushing an agenda right here. This has nothing to do with oh i can't come to work and be comfortable i can't come to work and earn a living i can't come. i'm being oppressed it has nothing to do with oppression people are jumping through hoops to make sure that everybody can be comfortable in the situation and they're still getting fined because it's about pushing an agenda not about trying to make the wheels of employment work
1: it's all about an agenda yeah. correct the store installed this is from the story the store installed a unisex restroom for somerville the guy Who's transitioning? Apparently, they said nothing about his transitioning. Everyone's scared to death to even touch that. Uh, but the court ruled that Somerville should nevertheless be able to use the women's restroom, even if access to unisex rest, uh, the a unisex restroom was available. Wow! So, uh, so. Hobby Lobby, the mistake they made at Hobby Lobby was was trying to accommodate, accommodate, accommodate. It makes you look weak, mm-hmm. and they pounce. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm sure Hobby Lobby, uh, you know, imagine being in their position these these businesses that oh, that get.
0: This is the scariest thing about the woke culture is they don't even have to rely necessarily on uh, legal um, the, the normal legal process anymore. The corporations are leveraging the woke agenda to where, hey, you're not going to be able to find employment here if you don't get on board with the philosophies of wokeness. We're going to condition you by giving you all of these different courses you have to take to assess your own privilege, and and we're going to force you into this particular um, you know, shape and function, or or you can't find employment with us. So it's not even about what laws are passed necessarily anymore. It's about what corporate America is going to end up doing
1: correct uh, the, the Constitution which our whole system of laws is based on our system of laws system of laws is based on Scripture that's that's how our, our our colonies were founded on Scripture on the Decalogue on the Pentateuch the you know the Ten Commandments the first five books of the Bible that's where our law came from and this is uh, this is basically supplanting all of that hmm. we have a whole new system of, of laws now based on uh, you know the based on on wokeness based on discrimination the biggest sin is to discriminate unless you're a christian um you know it's 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 a whole new order now mm-hmm. and these judges basically they the the story even says they confirmed not what a lower court says but a court uh, apparently what the human rights commission says does that sound uh, Marxist wow. or what? The Human Rights Commission, and I, I've 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 uh, encountered them before in in politics in Ohio. They're not a friendly group, mm-hmm. and they're not a constitutional group. And the court's saying, yeah, what the Human Rights Commission said is right. They're not saying what the Constitution. The Constitution has been supplanted and uh, uh, circumvented, um, and and the uh, v- voting rights. Uh, the the uh, well, I don't want to get into that, but. We will someday because we need to talk about what happened in the nineteen in nineteen sixty five with with how with how the uh, the Constitution has been supplanted. Mm. It's not what we base our decisions on in the courts anymore in many many ways. All right, so here's one more. Let's do one more before the before we go to a break. Sixty percent of born again millennials don't believe Jesus is the only way to heaven. Mm. Can you be a born-again millennial if you don't believe Jesus is the only way to heaven?
0: You cannot. Why not? Because Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No so he's exclusive of that. That's, that's really mean. Well, and a lot You're of people, mean. A lot of people say that. They say, well, hey, you know, and this is really the culture we're in right now. It's they, they turn Jesus into an oppressor. You can only do this if I'd like. But Jesus says, whoever wants to come to me can come to me. He doesn't restrict. He says... Whoever wants to believe the truth can believe the truth. Whoever doesn't want to believe the truth doesn't have to believe the truth, but there are consequences for that, just like there are in any aspect of life where you don't believe the truth and function in the truth. So he says, come unto me, and uh, my burden is light. My yep. yoke is easy.
1: All that the Father giveth me shall come to me, and he him that cometh to me I will in no wise cast cast out. out. But he doesn't say him that cometh to Buddha. No, he doesn't say him that cometh to. uh, Well, no other person
0: rose again from the dead. There's no empty grave. There's no empty grave with any other religious leader. God came, became man, died for sin, conquered sin and death, rose from the grave. Why do you want to put your trust in somebody who's still in the grave? What can a dead man do? What can a dead man do for a dead man?
1: (laughs) That's right. (laughs) Except to offer death. Um, and so, so uh, that, th- this is this is a, a great uh, symptom, a re- of revealing of a of, of symptom of why we're in the pro- uh, trouble we're in in America in our we, churches, we, we, in our churches. And there's more than just than just that. Many of them, uh, part of the survey, um, uh, let's see here, between the ages of eighteen and thirty-nine. Um say that Buddha, Muhammad, and Jesus are valid paths to salvation. More than thirty percent of young Christians even believe that Jesus was a sinner. yeah, can you go to heaven trusting in a man you believe is a sinner?
0: well, he couldn't pay the price for sin if he was a sinner, and you wouldn't put your trust in and somebody you couldn't. right so but this is another idea where victimology becomes the new prototype of you know, heroes because people want to relate to someone who's like them, Mm. not someone who's above them. Yeah. And I don't know if I'm drowning. I want the person who's rescuing me to have better swimming skills than I do.
1: Who wants a God that's like them, right? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, um, uh, j- just, a, uh, just kind of a, a mirror image of, of what's going on in America. And I think that's what we bring in this radio show that you don't hear anywhere else. Uh, uh, look, there's a lot of problems going on in America. That's why, right yeah. there, Pastor. Yeah. It is. It is our theology. It is. It is the the dying of Christianity across. This country and, and what we need more than anything else is, is revival in mm-hmm. Jesus Christ and, and the hearts of man coming back to God. Yeah. that's what we need. absolutely That's what we've got to have. Why do we expect of uh, the blessings of God when we, when we push an agenda that's in the face of mm-hmm. God? That's exactly. How do you right. expect to get God to bless a country when we're saying no God? We believe a man can be a woman and a woman can be a man. They can they can uh, uh they they can choose their own sex. That's fluid. That's my decision. I have my truth, you have your truth. Don't mess with my truth because it's what I want to do. Yep. And and, and God's not going to bless that ever ever.
0: No. And he still lovingly stands before his whole creation having sacrificed himself for our sins and says, I am the way, the truth, and the life.
1: Amen. One quick thing before we go to break. A court victory. This is good We'll end it on good news. A court victory in Texas against Obamacare's transgender mandate. So here's some good news. This is very good news. Um, I think it was the Texas Supreme Court ruled against uh, Obamacare's—and it shows you Obama, uh, his 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 whole administration, man— It it just, it was just against the laws of God. Hmm. Here's one. Here's one example. It's an Obamacare transgender mandate, and I won't read the whole thing. We've gone too long already, but uh, uh, it's um, it is. uh, I'm reading here. Anyway, I won't get into the whole thing because it would take too long. We're out of time. But it is a great victory here in Texas, ruling against. Um, a transgender mandate in uh, uh, that uh, came under the Obamacare uh, and Obama's administration. So, a little victory there. Praise mm-hmm. God for that. Can
0: the Texas Supreme Court become the national Supreme Court? We could. Uh, we could uh, <laughs> Is promote that, that.
1: Yeah, let's have a rally and uh, promote that. <laughs> Unfortunately, not. But um, uh, it's a, a great victory. Thank the Lord for that. So. Next segment, folks, don't go away. We're going to talk about Tim Tebow. Great, uh, great little story. You're listening to The Voice of Truth with Mike Azinger and Brian Leversey. We'll be back right after this. Welcome back to The Voice of Truth radio show. You're listening Two state senator Mike Aizinger, pastor Brian Leversey, bringing you the fusion of church and state. Nowhere in the country will you get this. I don't care where you go, Alaska, Hawaii. <laughs> we I should like go there. We
0: should go Timbuktu. To. I've always liked saying that. I have no <laughs> idea where it's at. I think it's a real place. I
1: used to go to school with a guy named Tim Bucktu. Uh, Bucktu? <laughs> Buck Tim Bucktu. Yeah, he was a good guy. I uh, never knew where he was though. He was never you could never find. Him. He was like
0: always somewhere else. Where it's- He's in Timbuktu.
1: <laughs> He's in Timbuktu. Uh, okay, so we're going to talk about um, – who are we talking about? Tim Tebow.
0: I like Tim Tebow.
1: I like Tim Tebow. I was telling you off the air. I didn't used to like Tim Tebow. When he was in uh, at Florida I, – I think part of the problem is I hate Florida. See? There you go. The stupid football team down there. <laughs> I hate him. What? hate him. Uh, Should I
0: love Florida just so we can keep our Florida listeners –
1: is it a sin to hate a state i don't know
0: i don't know i don't don't think florida is the one you want to hate on right now though (laughs) i think that's where we're all going to be moving yeah that's right that in texas (laughs) yeah take
1: your pick i think if if you have your uh if you have to flee somewhere uh, for your life um you're going to go to texas or florida
0: it seems like that
1: i'm going to florida yeah you know
0: so you might want to warm up to him a little bit more.
1: <laughs> I need to back off on that. You need to back I off. I love on Florida. That. Yeah. Did I say I hated Florida? Yeah. yeah. I See. love. It. So I used to hate
0: God it. can change any heart.
1: I hated the college.
0: There you go. Okay, well. I don't know if that's going to help <laughs> well, you a well, lot.
1: Which, which one was that? Florida State. Where was he? Florida State at the Seminoles, Florida Gators. That's where he played. No, no, Florida Gators. Gators. He was a Gator. Okay. Yeah. Uh, he was a Gator. So, oh, uh, so when he was a Gator, that's not That's when I didn't like him, but God changed my heart with him. I'm telling you, it was the work of the Lord because now I love the guy, yeah. and it was like a light switch. Boom! <laughs> One day, man, all of a sudden, I just loved Tebow. Um, so Tebow gets another chance with Urban Meyer to play for um, what team is that? Let me just read here. It takes it, some. Go ahead. You was know? it the
0: Was it the Browns? No. The Panthers. Well, where, Maybe.
1: Carolina. Yeah. It takes some sort of cynicism to hate on Tim Tebow. Uh-oh, he nailed me right uh, there. Yeah. I don't understand it. So the name of the article is a great article. Uh, if loving Tim Tebow is wrong, I don't want to be right. <laughs> <laughs> that great gospel hymn. Yeah. It <laughs> oh, uh, off the lips. It takes some sort of cynicism to hate on Timbo, uh, Timbo, Tim Tebow. <laughs> I, I have a picture of, uh, that I got with his uh, mom. Oh, really? She came and spoke at the um, Wood County Right to Life. Well, they're big homeschool
0: kind of proponents and Right to Life. They do a lot of that work. They all homeschooled. And
1: the the Tim Tebow bill that comes up every year, we just passed it finally, is a bill that—
0: Is it passed in West Virginia?
1: We just passed it last session. wow. So, you know, you homeschool. Yeah. Your homeschoolers can play uh, sports at a public facility, you know, public school. Excuse me. it takes some sort of cynicism I've read this three times I am worn out (laughs) it takes some sort of cynicism that's four times to hate on Tim Tebow I don't understand it I don't identify with it people keep waiting for him to do something wrong no kidding but all he has done in the 15 years since we've known him is try hard respect others be a good person and publicly profess a love of God Hmm. so this is I think a secular guy writing about Timbo Timbo, somehow things have gotten so messed up that the message does not sit well with a lot of people on Twitter, on ESPN, and so on. Um, So, some of our leading, uh, moving on down the article, some of our leading bogus social justice mobsters portrayed him as a gimmick and a fake. When Timbo was given the chance to try out, listen to Stephen A. Smith, you know him on ESPN, he said... Uh on his show first take. He huffed and puffed. Is this not an example of white privilege? Oh my goodness. What brother you know, what brother you know is getting this opportunity. Um So, anyway, he was an obvious and deserving chance for a tryout. Urban Meyer did nothing wrong in cutting him. He gave him a chance, he had to let him go. I don't think I don't think Tebow performed real well. He wasn't a tight end. He was a quarterback. It wasn't going to happen. And uh, all of America was sad about it. So, that's uh, that's the latest on Tebow. So, here's what happened when he played for the Denver Broncos. Um, this is an amazing story. I told this story when I had my show in Indiana. I watched uh, – I don't know if I watched the game on, on Sunday, but it was a Denver Bronco- Broncos mm-hmm. game when Tebow was quarterback there. And we were all rooting for him to
0: make,
1: to make it and to, to win, and it didn't happen. But this story's phenomenal. A video of former NFL quarterback Tim Tebow recalling an amazing biblical coincidence, quote-unquote, and his life is going viral on social media. This is three years ago, this story. Um, the story begins with Tebow in his college football years. It was 2009- he was weeks away from competing in the highly televised national football game. So Tebow's going to play the national football game. Tebow said God led him to write John 316 under his eyes. Hmm. It's an iconic yep, picture. We that. all know that, yep. our age and older. Uh, for all the world to see while he played, he's got, Tebow said the next six weeks leading up to the game, I was really agonizing and contemplating what verse— Uh, should I use? And God kept bringing up to my heart and my head John 3, 16, which is the essence of our Christianity. It's the essence of our hope, Tebow says in the video. So there's a video of Tebow telling this story. Mm -hmm. After winning the championship, this is the uh, uh, college, when he was in college, after winning the championship game, he found out something incredible happened during the game Ninety-four million people googled John three sixteen. Wow! You know, I have to, uh and 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 Tebow says as Tebow says. Honestly, my first thought was, how do ninety-four million people not know John three <laughs> sixteen? That's a good question. That was my thought. I, I read that ninety-four million people in America don't even well, know 60% John three sixteen. Sixty percent
0: of millennials think that you can be born again <laughs> with not knowing who Jesus is. Yeah,
1: there you go. I was just so humbled by how. Big the God is that we serve. Hang tight here, folks. It gets better. But that's not where the story ends. <clears throat> Paul Harvey used to say, now the rest of the story. Mm-hmm. Fast forward three years to 2012. So, 2009 was the championship game. He put John 316 under his eyes. 94, people Googled, 94 million people Googled it. So, fast forward from 2009 to 2012. Tebow is a Denver Bronco playing the Pittsburgh Steelers in the playoffs. And after the Broncos won, he headed into the post-game press conference when his public relations representative stopped him in his tracks. So, Tebow's heading to the press conference after beating the Steelers
0: with John three sixteen under his eyes. I,
1: yeah, I assume still, he still he must have done it again. I don't know. I, I yes, it would mm-hmm. have to be right. Yep. Okay, so he says. Uh, so, uh, uh, Tebow's uh, PR guy says, uh, "Timmy, do you realize what happened?" and Tibo said I was like, "Yeah, we just beat the Steelers, we're going to play the Patriots." And he said, "No. Do you realize what happened?" He said, "It's exactly listen to this. Uh, the the uh, Broncos Steelers game is exactly 3 years later from the day that you wore John 316 under your eyes." So this game that he just finished with the Steelers is 3 years to the day where he wore John 3.16 under his eyes. And Tebow said, wow. I was like, ah, that's really cool. (laughs) Oh, wait till that. Now, he said no. His PR guy said, no, I don't think you realize what happened. During the game, you threw for 316 yards. Your yards per per completion were 31.6. Your yards per rush were 3.2. One six. The ratings for the night were 31.6 million. <laughs> and the time of possession, this is just, the time of possession was 31 minutes and 6 seconds. And during the game, 91 million people Googled John 316, and it's, it's the number one trending thing on every platform. Wow. Golly, <laughs> this happened, I'm going to read it again, folks, this happened during the game to the day, three years to the day, that, t- that Tebow put 316, John 316, on his eye glare, his- under his eyes. Uh, During the game, three years later, against the Steelers, Tebow didn't know this, obviously, until the game was over. His PR guys telling him, during the game, you threw for 316 yards. Your yards per completion were 31.6. Your yards per rush were 3.16. The ratings for the night were 31.6. And the time of possession was 31.06. Unbelievable. But there's no God. Right. Right, God doesn't exist, and uh, God uh, doesn't get involved in the Mm, the affairs of man. Right, He sits back and watches. What an amazing God! Can you imagine Mm. uh, being? Look, look how God blessed Tebow for taking a stand. You can't refute that. Uh, They, uh, I would like to see somewhere. There's got to be the odds of that happen. Somebody did the math on that, Mm -hmm. and it's got to be like impossible, like trillions to one.
0: Absolutely, I can't imagine. That's
1: crazy. It's just unbelievable. Praise God. What a God we have.
0: Hey, maybe if you put John 316 under your eyes, you'll wake up tomorrow morning and your checking count will read 3.16 million and you're – no? Is that a promise? (laughs) (laughs) I think from the gospel prosperity, guys, maybe it would be.
1: (laughs) Hey, I think I'm going to put John 316 under my eyes when I sit on the Senate floor.
0: There you go. You think I should? Yeah. That'd be be cool. I'm going to do it. All right.
1: (laughs) All right. So uh, I'm just looking at the time here. And we've got in the next segment how victimology uh, can become a religion. So victimology, where does it come from? Where did it start? We've talked about this in the uh, last few weeks in terms of, in terms of uh, critical race theory. What's the root of critical race theory? And we'll talk about that when we get back. And uh, the, the article that we're going to talk about actually um, refers to the drug problem. Yeah, The drug problem that we have in America, which we know is awful, and, and in the mid-Ohio Valley, it's—the it's the, the reason—one of the reasons, and uh, this is kind of inside baseball stuff, but one of the reasons that we have so many people walking around in the <coughs> mid-Ohio Valley that are obviously um, uh, addicted to, anything, to drugs. Right? Or, mm-hmm. and, yeah, they are trains, trans—they're brought in from all over the country, and we have so many facilities here. Yeah. So that's why we. One of the reasons we have so, so many folks here, and uh, we're working on that. Um, the good Mayor of Parkersburg, by the way, is, is working on that along with other mayors. Um, okay. So, Voice of Truth Radio. We'll be right back after this. Welcome back to the Voice of Truth Radio Show. host, State Senator Mike Azinger with Pastor Brian Leversee. We podcast, by the way, at Voice of Truth with Mike Azinger. If you want to hear our podcast, because I I got a lecture last week um, by a certain somebody and his employee that all the kids, the young people, are go to podcast. That was a lecture I <laughs> it's got. It's the new it. thing. <laughs> <laughs> podcast. What's a podcast? And then it occurred to me, as you were lecturing me and your assistant, uh, I was thinking, oh, yeah, all my, uh, my boys both go to podcasts. Yeah. They don't turn on the radio. I don't think they ever turn on. I love radio. I grew up, uh Rush oh, Limbaugh, geez. you know, I got addicted to Rush Limbaugh in my 20s when he first came out i've listened to him for 30 years and still miss him yeah. i you know i can't i i would my, i would plan my day around <laughs> rush limbo <laughs> L- rush limbo a lot of ways and now i i, I the, the guys that replaced him are good guys i just i can't listen to them <laughs> <laughs> all right how victimology c- can become a religion this is a great little article by a guy named mark creech um Sounds like somebody who should be uh, on the Adam's Family, <laughs> Creech,
0: like Lurch. There you Did go. Did you ever watch the Addams Family? I think you're dating yourself. <laughs> no, because my my little girl. I saw the reruns. I saw the. Yeah, the, yeah that's right. Yeah. My my
1: little girl knows all the shows that I grew up yeah, with because she go. watches all the. <laughs> yeah, the reruns. Andy Griffith,
0: all that stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: Uh, um, Dad, can I watch it? Andy Griffith. What's the other one? she's Uh, Andy Griffith and uh, she she started watching Carol Burnett show. That one you got to watch a little Mm -hmm. (laughs) bit. That got Mm -hmm. a little bit into the 70s (laughs) when things were going sideways. All right. After Adam and Eve ate the forbidden fruit, that's where it started, Mm -hmm. God came calling for them in the garden. God knew what they had done, but he allowed them an opportunity to take responsibility for the wrongdoing and confess after Adam inadvertently admitted to his nakedness who told you you're naked the lord asked adam and so adam said well uh the woman you gave me Mm -hmm. what's he do first thing he does blame god Mm -hmm. that's what mankind does first thing we do blame god and then uh he blamed his wife were they married at the time was their marriage did they did they have a they were married
0: yeah absolutely
1: it was before the law so yeah okay uh, she gave uh so the woman you gave me she gave me the forbidden fruit and i ate uh and eve said uh the serpent mm-hmm. uh, god the serpent gave me that fruit and the sa- they they did they both did the same thing they did uh not take responsibility mm-hmm. they're the victim yep the uh, with a victim of you i'm um, the victim of you god you're the oppressor mm-hmm. Um, and uh, we're the oppressed. We're the victims here. You know, I, 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 I thought occurred to you when when you become a victim, you're you have automatic salvation. Yeah, because you're sinless. Yeah, right.
0: But you're, the fig leaves won't work.
1: The fig leaves do not work. So thus was born the secular religion of victimology. Recently, a colleague of mine pointed me to an interesting article by Michael Schellenberger called why everything we thought about drugs was wrong. So this article is is uh, talking about victimology vis-a-vis uh drug 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 abuse vis-a-vis victimology. In the place uh Schellenberger said in that, that in the uh, that in the 1990s and early 2000s he was pa- a passionate advocate for drug decriminalization decriminaliz- uh, Harm reduction, that's one of those leftist terms. They right. come up with these stupid harm reduction, whatever that is, and criminal justice reform. This uh this Schellenberger worked with progressives uh like Maxine Waters for needle exchange programs, which is inherently wrong because it justifies the uh right. behavior. Yeah. Doesn't condemn it. Uh, so that heroin users wouldn't get uh, HIV. Our intentions were good, Schellenberger said. We thought it was irrational to criminalize the distribution of clean needles to drug users when doing so had proven to save lives. We were upset about mass incarceration, so they were putting these people behind bars, particularly um, African African Americans and Latinos, for nonviolent drug offenses. And we believe the approach that European nations like the Netherlands... And Portugal, these leftist countries, had taken to decriminalize drugs and expand drug treatment. Well, it was the right way to go. But it's obvious now that we were wrong. So mm-hmm. listen to this, Pastor. Schellenberger points out that over the last 20 years, the U.S. has considerably liberalized its drug laws. We've not—everyone's saying, oh, the drug war, the drug war. We lost the drug war. Uh, we've liberalized mm-hmm. the drug laws. We haven't made them harder. Right. So Schellenberger goes on to say, during that time, death from illicit, uh, illicit drugs rose from 17,000 to 93,000. Yeah. Two and a half times more people die from illicit drug use than from car accidents. Five times more die from drugs than homicide. So 17,000 to 93,000. I don't know. I assume that's per year. I don't know. But uh, so that's five times as many. Yeah. When they when they reduced when they made drug laws easier, mm-hmm. they when you laws are an an implicit an implicit statement of what the cultural believes what the mm-hmm. culture says what the culture believes a nation I say a nation defines what a nation believes by the laws that a nation passes yeah that's who we are right Israel uh, acquired assumed the laws of God God said here's the law. Use this law, and the nations around them said, oh, the the all say, that's a great nation because of a great law that you have. So in America, we're saying, oh, gee, you know, drugs. that We're, we're calling folks victims. It's not their fault. So if it's not their fault, then why penalize, penalize
0: mm-hmm. folks? Yeah.
1: What is more, many of these people are homeless and die in hotel rooms and apartments, Apartment units given away, given to them as part of a harm reduction-based housing-first approach to homelessness. Hmm. They find their children uh, dead there, too. Their parents, imagine the horror of that. Uh, So um, what's the real problem? It's our culture of victimology, says Schellenberger. How about that?
0: Well, it, because then enablement is the only the only direction you can go with that. You know, if you have a victim culture where a law becomes uh, a weapon in people's minds and the perpetrator becomes the victim, then you take the uh, effect of the law away and you enable the the criminality. And that's why now we don't want to give opportunity for them to have. Uh, dirty needles. So we're going to just go ahead and give them apartments and give them free reign to do whatever drugs they want. We're going to supply the needles for them. Now you've just enabled the whole thing that you wanted to stop in the first place. And that's people en masse selling, producing, uh, making, and giving a uh, open market to illicit drug use.
1: And it is fundamentally a shift in uh, a theological perspective,
0: it absolutely it is. is
1: saying that man is not inherently sinful. They're man inherently is good and can be fixed. No. Man is a victim
0: uh, and can be rehabilitated. And it's the and problem be is pitied. yeah. And in their progressiveness and in their pragmatism, man thinks they can reestablish the heart through their own processes. And the only thing that can rescue a man's heart is the truth of our Creator and the presence of the Lord Jesus Christ. In the Lord. And the law brings us to that. The Bible yes. even says the law is a schoolmaster that brings us into Christ. People need to be broken for their sin, and that's what the law is meant to do. It tells you you're wrong. Yes, It tells you you have fallen, and nobody wants to be told that, and I understand that. And people don't want to tell people that anymore because we have this whole establishment of victimology. Oh, I don't want to, you know, they're a victim. You know, they're a victim of their society. They're a victim of their 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 environment, they're a victim of their upraising. No, they're sinners, like we're all sinners. And until the law points it out to us, until the law says you're wrong, then there's no motivation to get right. You're just enabling people to continue to be wrong.
1: Yes, well said. Very well said. And if you have bad law, you're not going to bring people to Christ. You're no. going to send them out into a wilderness yep. uh, where they'll they'll never find God until... Uh, you know until they learn that what they 're doing is wrong uh i i, I have a uh, we were talking about Facebook before we came on i I'm, i i th- there's a a guy that I follow who 's actually from around here he and his wife were former drug addicts and uh uh he he puts these these um, Te- these testimonies on it he he usually has a before and after picture of these people before the uh before they came to Christ when they were on drugs you know mm. if you've seen the photos how mm-hmm. awful they look and then after they came to Christ and th- then they'll have a little testimony that these people give mm-hmm. and uh they they always they always have to come to the real- the uh, realization that they are wrong mm-hmm. that it is uh th- that is their sin and that they need Jesus Christ yeah Otherwise, you're just a reformed heathen. Yeah. You know, a lot of people uh, reform themselves; leaf. they turn over a new leaf. And I actually talked to the guy that uh, does this page. I mentioned that to him. You know, these 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 folks. I asked him because he he said you got to get them to the altar. You mm-hmm. got to get them to the altar. And um, I even asked him, so what what do you do with these folks that they turn over a new leaf, but they don't come to Christ? There's not a heart change. Mm-hmm. They might they might will to power. They might of their own will say, ah, I'm not going to do it. And and he said, they always have problems. There's always issues. Yeah. Uh, there's Should no be peace. That yeah. They're own. still bearing the, mm-hmm. the guilt, the weight, and they don't have, they don't have the Lord inside them to give them power to overcome, uh, their, their problem, their, their sin. And, um, uh, so this victimology, and, and that's victimology is is the essence of of uh, race theory, also critical race theory. Yeah. It is it is I'm the victim. And I'm the oppressed, and then the oppressor well, is somebody else. Really,
0: anything that social justice and wokeness touches uh, turns it into victimology. I mean, that's—and and what do we want to be? I, I remember us being a nation of victors, a, a nation mm. of, of, of people who are pursuing God, a nation of people who are founded on principles where we could, um, in the power of Christ, rise above. And And now— if you're a victim, that's where the power is if 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 you're a victim, that's where you know the way up is yeah.
1: yeah if I want to be pitied and feel sorry for myself, I'll be a victim, and I'll be all of a sudden righteous and sinless and whoever oppressed me mm-hmm. and uh I can pick out who that is uh, the culture's done that for me, but uh I'm the oppressed so uh pity me i'm I'm sinless I'm blameless. And uh, that's, the, that's the evil of it, mm-hmm. and that's, uh, it, started, it started in the garden. When man fell, Adam and Eve fell, ah, no, nope, it wasn't me. It was God first. Yep. The woman you gave me, hey, God, you gave me this woman. It <laughs> wasn't, wasn't me. It was God. Um, so anyway, we, get, we get, uh, and that's all, uh, that's all part of, of our moving away from the, the gospel, mm-hmm. our moving away from the word of God, um, and leaving that vacuum, and that vacuum will be will be filled. Yeah. And right now, it's uh, critical race theory, the Marxism and communism, that uh, that created uh, the the uh, bloody bloody fields of of Europe and so on yeah. for for many years. So uh, God help us that it won't happen to America. So we certainly need the Lord. All right. So last uh, segment, we're going to. Do the etiquette uh, segment. This is a good one. So we're going to use. Uh, we're going to be in the uh, the Art of Manliness book by Brett and Kate McKay, and uh, they say in the foreword that uh, uh, Brett McKay, the husband, is a manly man, and Kate McKay uh, uh, is a female who loves manly men. <laughs> <laughs> All right, <laughs> great little book here, and we're going to be reading from that in the next segment. Do not go away. You're listening to the Voice of Truth Radio Show. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Voice of Truth radio show with Mike Gazinger, Brian Leversey, a senator and a pastor, bringing you the fusion of church and state as uh, as we try to do every week. Thursdays at 5, Saturdays at 3, we podcast at Voice of Truth with Mike Gazinger. Email us, truth at gmail.com, and uh, we appreciate you folks listening. We get, we've get we been getting a lot of good comments uh, just running into people, uh, not literally, but uh, <laughs> figuratively. Figuratively. In the uh, community, you say, hey, listen to your show, like the show. We all really are getting uh, uh, good fee- feedback. It's it's not just our wives now. <laughs> <laughs>
0: it's pretty. And we're not having to pay them anymore.
1: <laughs> we don't have to pay them. So here's a credit card. Uh, do you like our radio show? You do, right, honey? All right. So the book is The Art of Manliness. And uh, we have a generation, I think, of of boys, especially in these younger generations, that that haven't been taught how to be men, mm-hmm. and uh, the old uh, uh, living in the mama's basement thing, and and there's some truth to it. A, uh, uh, so, this this couple, Brett and Kate McKay, wrote uh, a book called "The Art of Manliness: Classic Skills and Manners for the Modern Man." So, uh, I think it's a existential th- uh, problem. In our country, and boys, I think are the target. You watch mm-hmm. commercials. I hardly watch TV anymore now. But, but uh, it, it, the commercial after commercial, the boy's always the fool. Yeah. The man's always the fool. Yeah. Um, and, and it, it, and that gets into the psyche mm-hmm. of 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 a culture.
0: And well, then it and has. Then, and then when you try to do something, manly, or you try to do something in leadership, you're told that. Uh, well, historically, you're just an oppressor, and so you need to back down, buddy, and not yeah. uh, assert yourself a whole lot. Yeah,
1: and so we not we need to not listen to that yeah. voice and be men. All right, so here we go. Let's start with uh, table manners for gentlemen. So you're taking your gal out, and we got 15 of them. We'll do the first five today. How about that? All you're right. taking your. While the rules of etiquette have largely disappeared from the public sphere, that's a true story. Uh, there is still an arena where your gentlemanly conduct will be put to the test. The dinner table. Oh, yeah. In the, uh, in the act of breaking bread, a man is revealed as a refined gentleman or an uncouth cad. There's a good word. You know, <laughs> cad. 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 <laughs> Following these rules will mark you as someone anyone would be proud to have as a dinner guest. Hmm. Number one, unless you're expecting a call uh from your wife or somebody like that be sure your cell phone is turned off before sitting down to a meal excellent (laughs) does anybody do that turn off your cell phone i'm talking to myself on that (laughs) number two if you are accompanying a lady to dinner pull out her chair for her and allow her to be seated first
0: yes agreed how about that one? I, How about opening the door for your wife? You know, and I, gotten, right You know, it. since the invention of the remote uh, clicker, yeah, I've I've gotten lazy with the opening the door for my wife. But there's some. Oh, I have too. There's some reason for that too. You know, if it's a hot day, I feel like I'm doing a better service by getting the air on. By, yes, by thank unlocking you. Unlocking the thing, getting in the car, turning <laughs> the air on and getting that done as quickly as possible. <laughs> I, I, I was, or or in the winter the heat getting the heat. Yes,
1: done. there you go. That's good preaching there. Um, I, I was uh, that was a, f- a Facebook uh feed that I refer to too to often a, a, a guy said uh, all my friends uh exercise, me, I have to uh I sit through shows that I can't stand <laughs> because the <laughs> remote fell on the floor. <laughs> I will get it. All right, so if you're accompanying a lady to dinner, pull out her chair, guys. Pull her chair out. I do do that. When you sit down, immediately place your napkin on your lap.
0: Hey, that shows some class.
1: Napkin on your lap. You know what some some guys do? I think guys probably do this more than girls. Is they they uh, put the napkin on the table, mm-hmm. which is disgusting. Yeah, because they wipe their mouth and they set it right next to the plate. Put it on your lap, guys. Especially when you're with a lady. We guys can take it. All right, number four. If you see multiple eating utensils set before you, that's the worst. What do I do here? Mm -hmm. Do not panic. (laughs) (laughs) That's (laughs) the first step. (laughs) Uh, The rule to remember is to work your way from the outside to the inside. There's the rule. Outside to the inside. Here's the nitty-gritty from there. (laughs) This is great. (laughs) Smallest fork. For eating seafood. Next smallest fork for eating salad. Biggest fork. You save that for dinner. Small spoon for coffee. Big spoon for soup. Yes. Should I go over that again? That was too much uh, information. No.
0: No. I can't can't handle it.
1: (laughs) Me either. Number five. (laughs) Wait until you know whether grace will be said before diving into the food.
0: You know, and I appreciate my wife for this. Whenever we are at somebody's house... Or we have guests over to our house, or even in our home, we wait for her. Whoever's preparing the meal, you don't take your first bite, even if grace has already been said, until the hostess sits down okay, and you're is ready. To eat. S- you're stealing. From oh, your am body. I? Oh,
1: But okay. that's but that's that's right. You don't uh, I, <laughs> you don't start eating. Yeah, your meal until I just
0: have always appreciated that my wife points that out, you know, yeah. and works with our kids on.
1: Yeah. That, so what do say. you do? Um, Uh, So, anyway, this one says, wait until you know whether grace will be said before diving into the food. So you don't jump into the food, uh, especially if you're at a fellow believer's house. Grace is most likely going to be said. If not, you just—what do you do, Pastor? Hmm. If they're not going to say grace, you don't say grace? You know, I
0: usually um, just say, "Hey, I'd love to pray you for. I pray? Yeah. I, I'd, I'd love to pray for you and your home, and thank God for the wonderful meal you made." If that's okay,
1: that's great. We'll send that into the book. There you Maybe go. In the Second edition. A little, yeah. a little, yeah, little like note down there. Very good. Wait until you know whether grace will be said before diving into <laughs> you know the be food. No man wants to be caught with a mouth <laughs> with a mouthful of roll as everyone else backs their heads. <laughs> right. <laughs> that's right. Everyone's. Uh, I think we've all had that happen. <laughs> all right. That's the first five. Those, that's good stuff. The. Heart of manliness. We'll be in this book for, I don't know, three or four years. All right, this good. is good stuff. Maybe and, I'll be uh, a man by the time and we're done. You know what? The ladies can can mirror what we say and and act and uh, act accordingly. So we're, we we want to get yeah, more sexes in absolutely. this. Absolutely. All right, you're listening to the Voice of Truth Radio Show. We're done for the day, done for the week. Thank you so much for tuning in. We'll be back next week. Podcast Voice of Truth with Mike Azinger And and. Uh, Saturdays at uh, Thursdays at five, Saturdays at three. God bless you, folks. Thanks for tuning in. Have a great day.